Nikita Koloff, the Russian nightmare, no, the devil's nightmare here from It's Time to Man Up, challenging men to step into their true manhood. Your chosen Truth Network podcast is starting in just a few seconds. Enjoy it, share it, but most of all, thank you for listening to the Truth Podcast Network. This is the Truth Network. Coming to you from an entrenched barricade deep in the heart of Central North Carolina. Masculine Journey After Hours. A time to go deeper and be more transparent on the topic covered on this week's broadcast. So sit back and join us on this adventure. The Masculine Journey After Hours starts here, now. Since both men are brawlers, too, with the edge and power going to Clubber Lang, I would say this that can't the odds very long against Balboa regaining his title. What's your prediction for the fight, then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. <laughs> I thought I'd just have to start out with that, Danny, because it's your topic, but we might be talking about something painful. Painful, yeah. We're talking about being stewards of the pain we've been given and the, how you know, life is full of pain, but, but what you do with it, whether you, whether you learn from it, and become a steward of it and use it to help others or, you know, navigate life better or become bitter and isolate. And, you know, that brings what Joshua says that the Lord says, I put before you life and death, choose life. So, no, oh, that's a perfect segue into to, to what we, <laughs> I mean, like, I did not know that two bears was quoting Joshua. <laughs> He was, yeah. So Rodney, ten bears, didn't ten bears, two, two how bears, many, two how eight, many bears we got here? Two bears minus eight. Yeah, okay. I barely knew it. Yeah. Oh, that was embarrassing. Well, now Clubber Lang is an official member of the Band of Brothers. He gets to introduce the topic. Yeah, there you go. I like that. That was well done. Yeah, this is the outlaw Josie Wales, and it's uh, when Josie Wales meets. Ten bears, and I was trying to think through what would be a good clip, and it kind of uh, the thing that jumped out to me was the part of the clip. It'd be towards the end. It's when Outlaw Josie Wales says something about you know go through life without butchering one another, and that that just jumped into my mind when he was talking about the pain, and I was I was like, where did that come from? It took me a few seconds. I was like, yeah. I said, everybody will love this. There, <laughs> Rodney's back in form. He's bringing the outlaw Josie Wales. And I'm like, I started thinking about, you know, the outlaw Josie Wales in his life. And, you know, you pick up in the first scene when he's basically having his family murdered. His son and his wife are murdered by the renegades that are going through there. Red legs, they call them. And then that thrust him into you know shooting because then the next thing you see he pulls out his pistol from there and he's shooting and he's not hitting anything and then he's hitting a little better and then he's hitting better and better and then the next thing you know the army from the south comes by and he joins up with them and then next thing you know they're off and on war so he's working through that pain of his loss of his family and he kind of picks up another family which is the guys he's in war with which often happens in times like that. And then the end of the war and the South loses and then the uh, 
North says, oh, you can come on over. They had a trusted person that came over and said, if you guys give up your guns, then you'll get your life and you get to go back to wherever you want to go and go go back to the farm or whatever you're going to do. And it's just a ploy. And the guy who was telling him to come in was actually duped also by other people that were telling him it was going to be okay. So next thing you know, they're lined up in a firing squad and everybody gets killed except for the one young guy, which Josie, Josie Wales comes in and saves him a little bit because he started, he was watching off the distance. He was the one guy who would not go in and turn himself in. And so there he's betrayed again and all his family is murdered in front of him. He, the kid escapes with a bullet wound and he does everything he can, not all Josie Wales does, to try to heal him and get him through it. And he really allows him to have a, as peaceful as you can, death and trying to heal him and doing things for him. And they go on, you know, on their uh, run from the law, so to speak, even though it was completely illegal, all they wanted to do was kill him. He was in the right, they were in the wrong, but they're the ones doing the chasing. And he tries to heal that kid's life and tries to talk into him and speaking to him as when he's give him as peaceful a death as he can. So then after that all transpires, he runs into the family that's traveling out west, you know, the proud Kansas people that wouldn't even talk to somebody from Missouri because they were just horrible people. You know, she's full of pride. And even those people he takes on and becomes a part of their family and he tries to prevent them from getting killed by the Comancheros. He rescues them and then on down the road, two of the guys that are part of that whole outfit traveling across the country, they're taken captive by by the Comanche, which is led by 10 bears. So all by himself, he goes off to try to set them free. And that is this is the discussion when he meets the leader of the Comanche, 10 bears, and you get to hear about life and death. I have heard. You're the gray rider. You would not make peace with the blue coats. You may go in peace. I reckon not. Got nowhere to go. And you will die. I came here to die with you. I'll live with you. Governments don't live together. People live together. Governments, you don't always get a fair word or a fair fight. Well, I've come here to give you either one or get either one from you. I came here like this so you'll know my word of death is true and that my word of life is then true. The bear lives here, the wolf, the antelope, the Comanche, and so will we. And we'll only hunt what we need to live on, same as the Comanche does. And every spring when the grass turns green and the Comanche moves north, you can rest here in peace, butcher some of our cattle and jerk beef for the journey. The sign of the Comanche. That will be on our lodge. That's my word of life. And your word of death? It's here in my pistols, and there in your rifles. I'm here for either one. These things you say we will have. We already have. That's true. I ain't promising you nothing extra. I'm just giving you life, and you're giving me life. And I'm saying that men can live together without butchering one another. 
It's said that governments are achieved by the double tongues. There is iron in your words of death for all commands you to see. And so there is iron in your words of life. No signed paper can hold the iron. It must come from men. The words of ten bearers carries the same iron of life and death. It is good that warriors such as we meet in the struggle of life or death. It shall be life. Yes, and the decision for life and the only way we're going to get life is through Jesus Christ. I mean, that's what us as believers know and hold on to. And then when you look through Scripture, you, sufferings, trials, tribulations, and then all the things that come out of that. You know, there's just so many different scriptures to, to bear up, to persevere, and walk through those. And you can see that through great saints of the past when the martyrdoms and other things that you hear the stories of people that were able to endure great things. And, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ took on the wrath of the Father, which is... I just picture it as being something so intense that, you know, of course you couldn't even describe it. So it doesn't get really talked about other than it happened. And when you're talking about in those sufferings, it's one of those things that I love how it's put in the midst of suffering. It's not that you're going to just be joyful because of the suffering, but in the midst of suffering, in the midst of trials, in the midst of a tribulation, in the midst of horrible experiences or somebody putting you down or whatever it happens to be, in the midst of all that, we still have joy and peace in Christ. And that's the walk that we all just want to have. So Colossians one twenty four is a particularly challenging verse for me, always has been, but it, it, it reads this way. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. In other words, your sufferings fill up, in, in some translations it even says fill up what is lacking in his affliction. And, and so that's particularly challenging, isn't it? Yeah, that's what I got, what is lacking, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, I read yep. the King James, and that's yep. probably ESV or something. So, have you ever thought about that? That particular verse is is telling us something very deep about our sufferings. That, as as we again are joining with what he did, that there's some level of of suffering that that the earth is still requiring to do in order to get us to where we're going. And, and it certainly is that way in my life, right? There's no way in the world that I would have anywhere near the understanding of God I have had I not had some of the sufferings that I've experienced. And I would have, you know, because there's certain things you can't learn except through sufferings. And, you know, as we were talking about, I think we were talking about it during the break, you know, very the first thing that, that life begins with suffering, right? A mother is going through birth pains and the, what most babies remember is a slap on the butt. <laughs> it starts right there. Like, this is what I can expect out of people. Like, what's up with that? So I, I think that that asks a deeper question to you, Rodney, because I, I loved what you said when we were talking about this topic. I didn't challenge you then because I was waiting to challenge you now. <laughs> I knew it was coming. <laughs> Because I, I remember 
you challenging a few others around this table. Because what you said was, you know, I, I really haven't had much pain. You know, I didn't really suffer all that much. Uh, you know, I have, and it, it makes it an amazing point. So you can help others. No, well, it does so that you can help others. But, you know, we used to talk about all the time that, 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 that your pain seems completely normal because you don't know any other thing. That's exactly what you experience. And so that must be normal. And so, you know, we'd like to play that clip from, um, I can't think of the, of the movie, but the kid, the guy is, he says, you know, it was just like, you know, I had a normal upbringing. They tied me up in a burlap bag, whipped me with barbed wire, you know, just like anybody else. It's the same thing you had. <laughs> you know, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Because that's how you think of your life because Satan has you so convinced that you had that coming. Um, yeah. I think that's part of it. I think part of that when we're in our walk and thinking, well, I, I deserve to have this horrible thing happen or something like that or whatever that suffering is. But in like my case, I honestly, when I look back at my life now in Christ, I'm, I'm like, seriously, I, I look at the suffering, like you've had very, very major physical things that I'm like, oh, no, I never really had any of those. Wait a I minute. Just wait. I know. I just, I, I happen to know a little bit more about it. And again, you may not want to talk about them and I understand that and I don't want to pry where I'm not prying. I know. But you've had some severe physical pain. But what are you thinking of specifically? I ain't, you know, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain. Well, I don't want to. Yeah, it's okay. I, I, I don't want to go to someplace that you don't want to go. But I think it's worth it's worth for you, um, you know, exploring what's Robbie talking about, because I think again that we we tend to discount our own suffering. Yeah, and, and we have to explore what Robbie's talking about like all the time because we really don't know. <laughs> I'm sure that's true, but I can tell you that if it weren't for me being on the radio and constantly people saying, "Robbie, tell them about the time that this happened and tell them about the time that happened," because at some point in time it happened. Yeah. But I've long since forgotten about those things, and I never think I, you know, somebody says, "Well, you've been through a lot." No, I haven't. What have I been through? Are you are you tracking with me, Danny? I think so. Okay, that's kind of scary. It, yeah, uh, yeah, it would be <laughs> pain. Okay, <laughs> Clubber. Well, I think to try and understand that rejoice in your pain, I think we have to know from which source that pain is coming. If the pain is coming from the Satan that's after us, there's no rejoicing in that. But if the pain is coming because of our fellowship with the Lord, then we can we can rejoice in that because we know it's for a good reason. Satan punishes us for his own reasons, which are not good. Yeah, they rejoiced in their sufferings in the book of Acts, and, and that was the case. So well, m- m- go ahead, Dan. There, there's an element of this that, that we hadn't really talked about that I wanted to talk about a little bit. But, you know, Second Peter one five says that his divine power has given us everything required for life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. And to me, that's, you know, because it says we were talking about words earlier. It says his divine power has given us. And to me, knowing that, 
I was created in his image and likeness. We talk about that at boot camps and stuff all the time. And, you know, he knit me together in my mother's womb. He didn't necessarily orchestrate the pain in my life. But what he did orchestrate was the, the, the Prego spaghetti sauce. It's in there. You got what it takes to make it. And that's already in my DNA. I just have to discover that. It's like the fighter or whatever. You have to discover those kind of things that, that you know, but that, that increases my faith to know that, yeah, I've got a God, and I love what Harold said, is that, you know, you don't know where the pain may be coming from. But the idea is that I got faith in a daddy who created me for this moment right here and right now because I wouldn't be here otherwise, whatever it is. And does that make sense, or have I, have I just gone off the rails totally? No, no. I mean, there you go. It's 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 all over the place in this topic. But before we go too far, I want to get I want to get arts. You know, there's dog pain involved that we need to discuss. Oh, dog pain. That, yeah. Not well. to mention the outlaw Jersey whales. It's a cow that you know yeah. has been screaming. Oh. <laughs> Instead of ten bears, we got ten dogs. Yeah. 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 Okay. So uh, yeah, my dog experienced pain. You know. You know, Sam. Sam uh, said I could talk about my dogs every time. So uh, my. My my dog Bella Claire and uh, Max. We were out. We were with the neighbor. We were trying to find a, a property uh, line, uh, a stub, a stake that had been left there years ago, and we were looking for it. And my neighbor now he's he's got this high tensile electric wire that is is pretty hot, and uh, I just have barbed wire, but but anyway, me me and my neighbor were looking for the for the. St- for the stub and the dogs had found an old log that was interesting to them maybe a raccoon or something had been there earlier and uh, they were off from us a ways uh, just uh, tearing this old log apart this partially rotten log apart and uh, so I weren't really thinking about them and I was over I'd crossed the barbed wire uh, part and we were looking for this uh, stake, and the next thing I knew, my Bella Claire started wailing and hollering and running away, and I, I called her, and she came back to me, and she got between my legs and sat there, and I, and, and my neighbor said that she had touched his electric fence, and uh, it it really uh, really hurt her. Uh, she she sat there between my legs, and I rubbed her and hugged her for a long time, and. She was just shaking, and um, and the thing is, she she does know what an electric fence is, and she stays away from them. There was something about the way he had constructed this fence. He had a, a wire hanging down or, or something. It didn't didn't appear to be an electric fence to her, I guess, and she touched it. But but anyway, after after a while. Uh, I had my neighbor go get a leash, so I was going to make sure she didn't get near that fence again. And me and her together, we crawled under. We crawled under the barbed wire and and went back and to the four wheeler. And um, she was still a little little bit afraid. But part part of what her being afraid of is that in her she is a rescue dog, and in her previous life. Uh, they had used the shock collar on her extensively, apparently, and 
and you know danny was talking about the the fear of pain and i'm sure that had a, a lot to do to a lot to do with it it made the pain a lot worse and it probably brought up some memories in her that some unpleasant memories so um so so danny can you uh, um tie does this tie to your your clip about the fear of pain and how that um uh, uh changes behavior you? right and yeah 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 it would i mean it would alter your your behavior because you the fear of something may make you miss something or 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 not experience something because of the fear i mean it, it, lots of people go through life they won't do certain things because fear of flying fear of whatever fear of going out on a boat whatever it is so right but by the same token it's kind of cool to see both kevin and in this case uh, art you know perfect love drives out fear um and yes and she is she is a such a such a, a good dog now uh she was uh like i said tr when she came to me she she had a lot of issues because of the way she was treated but she's mostly gotten over uh, gotten over most of it but yeah revisiting that uh shocking and the, that pain and, and and yeah that really affected her there and and the, the, it's kind of interesting to me that god allowed it it is yeah it and, is it and is. so that to an extent she could see even in that trauma i could still rely on art yeah she came to me she did for comforting like we should do get pain physical or mental go back to the lord I mean, not not the art but the lord yeah well mm -hmm. you know for for bella you know, every once in a while, or for anybody, right? They want a little God with skin on, and and if we can be that for somebody, right, and love them through Christ, then it, you get this interesting effect. But it, you know, you couldn't be more right, or that. I mean, Grant, I can always get you two mixed up, but whichever you are, <laughs> wherefore art thou? <laughs> what can I say? Whichever you are, you know, it's 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 certainly a part of it. But I can't help but note that it's kind of cool that you know there was a dog that was obviously so terrified it, it, it was it was in one way but now perfect love has drawn has driven out fear yeah. and it, it's it's that way with foster children often um mm -hmm. but in my case you know you might even remember i was afraid of the dark yeah. and it was extremely painful to me to go to bed almost every night because i just knew that this could be my last one <laughs> And you know it could be that the, the the you know Boston Strangler was coming, and who knows, you know that's just how that was. But you know Jesus came for me that one time, and he pointed out that what's the worst thing that can happen is not your physical death. It would be being separated from him, and and you know that's that's the thing that interestingly it, it teaches. Now I've not challenged you all with this, but I'm tempted. So. In Rodney's talk at the advanced camp, which was, by the way, all I can say for you guys, you missed it. It was one of the best talks that, that I've ever heard. It, it really was. And he quoted the scripture that is very challenging. And it says, see now, and it's, it's Deuteronomy, you can look it up, 
3239, see now that I, even I, am he, and there is no God like me. I kill, and I make alive. I wound, and I heal. Neither is any that can deliver out of my hand. And actually, Job says almost exactly the same thing, where he says, you wounded me. So the, the question that you may want to ponder, I know I ponder it, is it does, the wounding was allowed, however you look at it, because it's like I rejoiced in my sufferings because I was suffering for Christ. But in any way, because he, he allows suffering in our lives in some way for our good, if he loves us, right, which he certainly does love me. And so in almost any wounding that you may have, God may be after something if you want to look for it. We get healed, maybe even better than before. Right, right. Rodney, you, yeah. you're the one who used the scripture. Yeah, I know. It's one of those things that challenges you, and it challenged me greatly because, again, it's, it's completely a trust factor. Do I trust him in that, that whatever happens to me, whatever happened to me in the past, even though I'm like, how could a good and gracious God do that? It's like, but what if that wouldn't have happened? Where would I be? Would I have even come to Christ? Would I have salvation? Or what you know, I I could be out there, you know, for a life eternally in hell rather than going through some suffering here that drove me to him, that broke my own spirit, that I could trust in him. And I'm like, <clears throat> I just I just don't know those things, but wow, I just I, Yeah. It, it it sets your heart up pounding. Harold? Job thought he knew God. But he went through his experiences, and then God confronted him. At the end of that, he knew God. Right. But there was a lot of pain to to get him there. There was a a purpose behind God allowing what happened. It was so he could be closer to Job. I wonder how many. You know, losing your kids, losing all that stuff, and yet. Clearly from that book, you see that God restricted what he could do and what he couldn't do. God has control of it. Right. Um, and yet, you couldn't be more right that, that as a result, you know, Job had the well, ultimate comfort. The witness, Job and his buddies, they knew more about God when it was over. Oh, Yeah. yeah. And how many know more about God because of that story that's been told over and over and over? I know that was the major story for Robbie's life. Right. And I can wonder how many others have had that same Job experience reading through it and getting saved and coming to know Christ through that. Danny, I'll give you the last word since, you know, it was your topic after all. Faithful are the wounds of a friend is what Scripture says, sir. Oh, good one. All right, well, you can see how much fun we have here at The Masculine Journey with the Outlaw Jersey Whales and all that stuff. We are want to tell you about this advanced boot camp that's coming up April 4th through the 7th at Carolina Bible Camp. Go to masculinejourney.org. This is The Truth Network.